This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael here with you, and I'm in the studio with Pastor Craig Jarvis, lead pastor of Village Church East. And uh, Craig, Village Church each, East, each East launches, I know, one game, that's fine, launches in two days. And uh, are you nervous? Are you excited? No, are you petrified? Excited. Two days is our grand opening. So yep. we've been uh, experiencing some amazing Sundays, and um, the Lord has been opening doors, continues to open doors for us. So in two days, we have our grand opening. We expect a full house. So if you're coming, get there early. It's going to be awesome. What time yep. does this service start? 11 o'clock. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I cannot wait. Do you want me to give an address? Yes, please. The address is uh, Community uh, Recreation Center. It's called Fountain View. Uh, it's on Got uh, uh, Lies and Gary. And it's uh, just right close to the mall. So it's yep. easy to find. Beautiful building. Carroll Stream. Carroll Stream. Yeah. Yep. Fountain View and Carroll Stream. If you actually just Google Fountain View, Carroll Stream, it'll it, take you right to the front door. Up, yep. And so when I show up, will there be people there in signs telling me where to go and what Absolutely. to do? Absolutely. We'll have... Uh, We'll have all kinds of really cool things for you. Very cool uh, to have and take home with you. And I've heard rumors that um, you will have it'll all be acoustic. There'll be no microphones. It's just going to be candles. Really? And yeah, is, is that true? Um, no, you're probably thinking about another opening that we're having for, with Village Church at Barlett. Oh, is that that's is that our new campus. service approach? Yeah, at Barlett, very cool. Um, I think that's what you guys. Yeah, are doing that's what we're moving campus. to. Matt Young is really just kind of like going really simple. You know, nice. he sold all of our sound equipment, and uh, anyway, so we we do have a loaded, and I mean loaded question, and uh, I'll just ask the question. I want to give a little bit of just context, I think, but the question goes like this: if a if a gay person, I'm just reading it as it is asked. So that's so. Here's how they ask it: If a gay person is married, and they become a believer in Jesus, should they seek a divorce? Now we got to make one clarification: legally, um, marriage, divorce, what it is legally, and then what it is biblically. So, Craig, I'll put this on the on the table, and then I want to give the question back to you. Um, the government can do whatever it wants with marriage. It can call anything it wants marriage. It can call my relationship with this computer marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it can put its own protocols together f- by which a divorce between their said definition of marriage happens. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I think Christians live in a world where we believe that, well, if the government says it, it must be a new truth or a new reality. It, it's almost like a mindless thoughtlessness that people approach ideas like marriage with. It's true about a bunch of other things. I yes. mean, abortion is okay because yeah. the Supreme Court says it is, yep. which is silliness. Yeah. To establish your belief system based on what a group of people say is right is is to, to remove your individuality out of every decision that you make yep. and to take the responsibility and put it on somebody else. It's mindless. It's mm-hmm. thoughtless. Yep. It's not logical, you know? And so, so there's America and culture and every nation. I mean, you could be listening to this question in China or mm-hmm. Russia or in in. Kuwait, and they'll have their own legal definitions of marriage and their own processes for divorce. So take that out of the equation. Let's just talk about God's definition. And um, so not not up for debate. You know, marriage is a lifelong, monogamous, committed relationship between a biological man, genetic man, and a biological genetic woman. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's God's definition of marriage. Now, you may hear that and you may say they're bigots and whatnot. Um, I think for you and me, our lives would probably be easier if we didn't believe that. 
Um, in fact, so what we do is we submit our ideas of marriage not to culture or to the United States government but under the word of God. So everybody that's gets, our authority. Yeah, everybody sets their standard of morality from somewhere. And, yep. and usually and usually it's from somebody that you respect in your life or somebody that you would rather uh, – you listen to somebody that sounds a lot like you or goes where you want to go. Yep. And so uh, for us who believe in scripture, we don't get that, um, that leeway. Opportunity. I don't want to call it a privilege because yeah. really Jesus says that his commands are not burdensome. Mm, yep. So I don't, I don't look at scripture and say that's our burden. Yep. I look at scripture and say that's our reality. It's that's nice. our that's our blueprint. Yep. That's, that's how God saves us from making a lot of really bad mistakes. Mm. And so uh, from the beginning uh, in Genesis 2, God brings Eve to Adam. It's an amazing moment for him. Uh, and then he gives us this this quip that we use at every single marriage ceremony. Therefore, a man will leave his father and mother and cling to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Mm. This is the the process for marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus reiterates it in the gospel. Uh, in case you're under the assumption that Jesus doesn't talk about this, you've listened to, again to the wrong uh, voices. Uh, in Scripture, Jesus is very clear about this. When he's asked about divorce, he goes back and reiterates what marriage is mm-hmm. before he talks about divorce. Yep, and he brings gender into it. He brings gender into it. Everything. Yep, and he even adds. You know, he uses that Genesis two passage. He says, "Haven't you heard? In the beginning, God made them male and female." And then he goes into the the marriage ceremony, and then he says, "Therefore, what God has joined together, no one can separate." Yep. So Jesus considers apparently marriage to be between a man and a woman established by God back in Genesis 2 and to be carried out for uh, by those who follow him. And then unfortunately Paul, that makes Jesus a bigot in today's cultural again, economy. It depends if you want to compare him to culture, but yeah. we go back to scripture for our foundation on all yep. things. And then you go to Ephesians 5 and Paul reiterates it for the church. And he says um, the love that a husband is to have for his wife should mirror the love that Christ has for the church and the way the wife operates with the husband is to be a, a help meet for him. Reiterating the words back in Genesis 2. uses yeah. the word submit, but we understand that word to be a very lofty, gracious word in the kingdom of God. Because when we love one another, mm-hmm. we intentionally want to support, help, submit to one another out of love for Jesus Christ. Okay, so let me let me ask the question to you. So we've laid down, I think, a clear just foundation mm-hmm. so that anybody who's new to the podcast can get it. So, Craig, if you have um, a person who's a homosexual, they're married to obviously another homosexual, and they become a believer— uh, let's talk about spiritually, and then let's talk about legally. What are their spiritual uh, reactions to this, and what are the legal reactions? And then we'll put a third category, what are the practical? Because if you're married, you live together, et cetera. Um, so let's talk about before God, before the government, and then and then how they now relate to each other. Okay. Yeah, so I'm glad we started where we did, because before God, two men or two women cannot technically be married to one another. It's not something that uh, he would condone. In fact— Every time you read about the subject of homosexuality in scripture, it goes bad or God condemns it or he warns against it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those three things. Yep. So even though the government sees them as married, God doesn't treat them as married. Exactly. Yeah. You can't, in God's economy, get divorced from something that never actually happened. That's exactly right. Okay. Now, in the economy of the government, the government that we submit to and mm-hmm. we live under and we and we pray for, which is our responsibility, Romans chapter 13. So th- that government, we need to take steps to make sure that our relationship is is submissive to the government as well as submissive to God. So personally, I don't know where you stand on this. Personally, I would uh, advocate- The opposite of whatever you take. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I would advocate for a divorce simply because you're making, before God, it's not actually a divorce because you're never married in the first place. Yep. You're only married under the laws of the government. So if you go the steps to take 
uh, to to sever that relationship before the government under the eyes of God, I would actually see it as a, almost a step of obedience. Uh, but under the government, you're making sure that you are operating according to the principles of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. under the government in the country in which you live. One of the, I think, most helpful definitions of marriage for me uh, took into consideration not just what does God say marriage, but marriage has a cultural context and from country to country and generation to generation. And so much of how marriage gets contextualized does have to do with how each culture sees marriage. And so um, one of the things that we tell people to do is if you get married before God, uh, you can opt to not get married before the government. Uh, you're not obligated necessarily to get married in the eyes of the government to be actually legitimately married. Uh, that being said, though, but there, there is um, a, a cultural context that the majority of people understand real marriage. Like if you don't have a real marriage license legally, um, people understand you as not being married. So this is like a, a hurdle to take take off the table, if you will, so that your marriage is seen as legitimate uh, even outside of the church because how people perceive us is important. Um, and so one of the things that we can do in this context is we tell people, hey, if you're going to be married spiritually, uh, it's beneficial um, for you to be married legally. Um, but if you don't, it's not sin necessarily. But I say that largely because if you're going to be married legally uh, and then you're going to break apart this relationship, you're obligated to sever that legally as well for the appearance of things. Even though before God, uh, your divorce and your marriage don't actually, they're not something that's real before him. It's very real before people. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a public way of saying, um, I'm going to remove myself legally from this association and this relationship. In a very real way, you're saying I, I no longer am sub- submitting to the definition of marriage that the government has now issued, yep. but I'm submitting to the definition of marriage as God has sub- yep. has has defined it from the beginning of yep. time. Okay, so here's what I want to do. This question, it's 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 a thick question. It's emotional, and there's a few subcategories of this. So what I want to do is I want to end it for today. And I want to come back, and tomorrow I want to answer two big questions. Uh, Number one is, what does the couple do if they have kids and with the kids, Mm -hmm. Um, either through IVF, adoption, um, et cetera? That'd be question number one. Question number two, what I want to address is, what if somebody becomes a believer and they don't believe that this is sin? And I want to I want to vet that through a little bit because I think that's where some of this gets complicated, and our positions have to become very nuanced. Uh, I want to I want to give you a final closing thought before we go to those tomorrow, but I'll take my closing thought here. If you are not a person whose authority is the Word of God, this whole discussion feels like nonsense. Mm-hmm. It feels like judgmental. Mm-hmm. It feels insulting. In fact, this would not be a podcast that I would probably say, hey, go give this to your non-Christian friend who's a homosexual. It's going to win them over, <laughs> right? This is a podcast that is spoken from people whose authority is scripture mm-hmm. to people whose authority is scripture. And the challenge is that having these conversations real time is thick and hard and frustrating and gut-wrenching and painful and emotional mm-hmm. uh, because – and this is what I think is super valuable – the, the heterosexual or the homosexual or whatever they are who gets married are are they believe for the most part, 99% of the time, they're doing something good and right mm-hmm. and commendable. And so their intention is not to be terrible and mm-hmm. to be evil. 
Um, in fact, I think one of the things I at least I appreciate is that the cultural notion of love is a good thing, even though we understand it in a way that's not accurate and true always. A lot of times what's happening is that two people are trying to love each other, you know? And so I think one of the things not to lose in this is that just because you have two homosexuals uh, or heterosexuals or whatever who are getting married um, does not mean that they are intending uh, to do something evil, whether or not it is sin or not. Mm. I think that's an important thing to not demonize people in this process because it's very real and very human. Give me some of your final thoughts. It's very difficult to interject grace uh, in the conversation that you have to have in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you, you try as, as much as you can, but so many people are coming back from, from so many different viewpoints on this. Um, and there's a lot of lies out there that people have, yep. have come to believe and they're searching for a truth. And so I would just encourage anyone who's, who would be listening to this podcast and maybe, maybe getting offended in the process. It's not our intention to offend, mm -mm. but we do operate from a different starting point. Yep. And everybody operates from a starting point. We call that worldview. Everybody has their own. Mm. They've likely adopted it from somewhere else or they've learned about it or they've been redeemed and they've submitted to it through the word of God. So everything that we've talked about today comes to us uh, under the authority of God. And we submit to it gladly, knowing that this is the way God intended for us to live. It's a way that we are created to function. And if we go outside of that realm, it's like putting water in a gas tank. It might run for a few blocks, but you're going to damage your engine pretty badly. All right. Well, let's come back. Let's finish this discussion tomorrow. And uh, no, not tomorrow because today is Friday. So we will see you guys Monday. And uh, Craig, you'll be back Monday and we will finish this topic. Well, thanks, man.